Hello and welcome. Welcome everyone to our Hope Story Circle brought to you by the Peace Alliance and welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance, and I'm joined to facilitate today, <clears throat> excuse me, by Liz Gannon Graydon, who is our board chair, and Yelena Popovich, who is our Teaching Peace in Schools lead and mindfulness SME. And our special guest today is Captain Bill Collier, a helicopter pilot, retired, written three books, and has some wonderful ideas about what we can do to create a better, more peaceful world. Bill, we want to come off mute for a moment and just say hello. <clears throat> um, you're still on mute. And you're still on mute. These technical difficulties have been plaguing us, but we'll get it. If I could unmute you, I would, but I don't know how. You have to do it yourself. Okay, is that do there it? There you are. All right. A little button came up and I got it. Yay. Excellent. <laughs> Girl. Uh, Welcome, Bill. Come on, come on, Zoom. You can do better than this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome. It's great to see you this morning. All right. Well, good to be here. I really am, am very, very pleased to get connected with this group. Wonderful. Well, before we get started, Liz, would you like to go over our community agreements? I would. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. The Peace Alliance holds the intention as we gather to create a space that is welcome for all, for listening, learning, open conversation and engagement. To that end, we ask that everyone be real, engaged and curious, be fully present to listen, create a space for learning, honor all points of view, acknowledge discomfort and allow room for healing. We will do our best to address any microaggressions or marginalizing language that may came up, come up. So to that end, we ask that everyone present act with empathy, compassion, and a desire for connection. We thank you for being here with us and participating in this way. And if anyone has questions about um, the community agreements, uh, if they just wanna kind of raise their hand, if not, we'll proceed and welcome Yelena to uh, lead us in a brief meditation. Thank you, Yelena. Thank you, Liz, and welcome, everyone. Good to see everyone here, and those of you that are listening to the podcast, welcome. Yeah, so I just want to take a moment to help us arrive into this moment. Um, I know we're all eager uh, to hear Bill's story, but let's, before we start really hearing it, let's kind of pause to truly listen to what is, what is going on internally for us. So whatever posture you want to invite in, um, I invite you to take a moment to just feel the feet. A seat. You're welcome to close your no. eyes if that feels nourishing, or if not, just allow your gaze to lower 
And just for a moment, pause, pause to acknowledge that we are all, are all, all of our feet are touching this earth. We're all connected. And this breath, and this one, connects us to our own aliveness. Noticing anything that is arising, maybe there is a sense of ease. Maybe your mind is still busy trying to arrive to hear and Maybe there are some body sensations you're noticing, whatever it is. Just allow it for a moment. Moments of silence are so precious. Just to have a moment like this before we engage and offer you an invitation to offer thank you to yourself for this moment, for being here, and for caring enough to join us today to welcome Bill. My the breaths, I want to Welcome you, Bill. I'm so grateful you're here with us to share your story. Thank you. If you can unmute Bill when you're ready. And we are, I know we are ready to hear your story. Thank you. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Um, it's weird. I can't get my phone to shut off.
All right. Thanks, Bill. All right. All right. Well, I'm yeah, back to the point where I can only see myself, and that's frustrating. Let me see. Plus button. Oh, pooey. Okay, never mind. I'm just going to start. I liked what Jelena said about connection. As a former Marine, I really, really connected with my buddies. And in combat, you don't get closer to anybody than you do in combat. But then I watched eight of my friends die. Two or three of my actually watched them die. They got incinerated in a burning helicopter. And I lost my best friend in Vietnam, my best friend from flight school. And it hurts to lose your friends. And to find out later, I found out that the Vietnam War was based on lies. The Gulf of Tonkin incident did not happen. I have a Navy pilot friend who was flying off the carrier at that time. He was launched out to go inspect the wreckage of the gunboat that attacked the Maddox and to look for wreckage. And there was no wreckage, no oil slick, no survivors, no debris, nothing. So we know, and he knows, and he wrote it up, and then his writing up got suppressed that the Vietnam War was based on lies. So my eight friends, only one of which was killed by the enemy, by the way, the rest were killed in other accidents and stuff. And then fast forward to George W. Bush and the Iraqi war that I knew was based on lies before it ever started. So 1,400 GIs died in that and 50, almost 59,000 GIs in Vietnam. So as I began to write my memoirs, because I, after I flew for the Marine Corps in Vietnam, then I flew for the air arm of the CIA called Air America in a little country of Laos where there was a secondary little war going on. And, and then later I flew all over the world. And I participated in basically, I, I wrote three books. I went, one about Vietnam, one about Air America, and another one about the rest of the story, flying all around the rest of the world. And as I wrote my books, I finally came to the realization that most of my life I've been upon of the military industrial complex. And the military industrial complex and our country has murdered, I use the word murder, eight of my good friends in Vietnam, dozens of acquaintances and thousands, tens of thousands of my fellow GIs. And then fast forward to Afghanistan, we did, and we did the same stupid thing, all based on lies, all based on the military industrial complex profit. I really feel that's where it's at. So then I came up with this idea of what can we do to lessen the military industrial complex grip on our society? And somehow in the back of my brain, I came up with the idea of 1% for peace. What if 1% of the military budget were set aside and the military can increase their budget by 1% if they must to compensate for that loss from their budget? But what if we got that 1% and gave it to the Secretary of Peace on the President's Cabinet or a Secretary of Peace at the UN or an independent, I don't care. And that, that committee or group or group, whatever you want to call it, could then promote peace using that 1%. Do you know that 1% of our military budget today 
is $100 million every hour. Think about that. And that's just the United States. If you go worldwide, the <clears throat> worldwide military defense budget is $2 trillion a year. That turns out to $200 million an hour. Just think what we could do with just 1% of that. I've written, I've got my website, 1% for Peace. And in it, I've explained a bunch of ideas in detail. I'm going to try to bounce off a few of them. But my primary thing was, what if we just took that money and hired Fifth Avenue or Madison Avenue in New York and said, create anti-war messages and publish them all around the world? That would be a start. Massive advertising campaigns against the military industrial complex. The other thing I thought about among several is what if, what if like the really rich guys like Bezos and Carlos Slim of Mexico and Bill Gates, what if each one of those guys took one very small bit of their billions of dollars and built a small aircraft carrier? And what if we had 10 or 12 of these aircraft carriers all around the world floating on the various oceans? fully equipped for disaster relief. They can have a squadron of helicopters. They could be totally outfitted with hospitals and generators and tents and water treatment plants and food and water and medicine, et cetera. And we can have these carriers stationed around the world so that in the event of any disaster, think of the fires in Hawaii recently, a carrier could be on site in less than 24 hours. And two or three others could be on the way. And we could, we could affect immediate and direct aid for anybody anywhere in the world. Wouldn't that be a better use of a million dollars than spending it on an F-35 fighter, which then would crash and be obsolete in three years or whatever? So, and I come up with a whole list of ideas, education and speaking and posters and peace contests. I mean, all kinds of ideas that we could do if we had an organization, if we had the money to back it up. And on my site, I have, uh, I'm in, in the process. It's a, it, the site's still a little bit crude and I don't have uh, donation buttons in there yet, but I'm working on it. So I want to start gathering donations and then use that money to promote the 1% for peace worldwide in every country. Just think about this. The United States is the most powerful country in the world. We trade with everybody. What have we said to the world? We want to trade with you unless you create your own 1% for peace chapter and give it 1% of your military budget. That's another way we can use our military and financial muscle to create peace in the world. I really truly feel the world could support a population of 20 billion if we did it properly. If we had regenerative farming and stop wasting all of our money on war and war machines and war. I mean, yeah, we, I'm, not, I'm not against national defense. If the Mexicans were forming a war with our, forming an army at our southern border going to invade our country, I'd be down there helping. If the Canadians were going to attack us across the Michigan, by God, I'd be out there helping. But I don't think we have to fear Afghanis and Mal Malawans or Malayan, whatever you call the uh, Malaysians, maybe, and some of the small countries in Africa. But we have troops there. We have troops in almost every country in Africa fighting terrorists. Well, guess what? Every time you kill one of those terrorists, you irritate 
his family, his extended family, his brothers, his uncles, his cousins. And we every time we kill one of those guys, we create a dozen more. We can't go around killing everybody. It just doesn't work. So I'm trying to launch this 1% idea, and I'm really, really pleased to be here with the Peace Alliance. Any questions? Thank you so much, Bill. Um, in lieu of questions, I think I'm going to ask Liz to share an inquiry, and we'll go into breakout rooms where you can talk about your questions, your ideas. Liz? Uh, thank you, everyone. And I'm really glad to see everyone here today. And when Bill told his story last night in our uh, uh, planning session, I said, boy, are you here with the right people? And I said, boy, can we assemble a team who would really love to hear you and work with you? And the inquiry we decided to do, because this is such a creative bunch, we have some time right now. And when we did the math with Bill, right, 100 million per hour. So 1% of that would be a million per hour. And the inquiry we would like you to think about is if you had one day's budget, $24 million, to imagine how you would want to spend it to create peace in your little corner of the world, whether you des describe your corner of the world as your school, your town, uh, your state, the country, the world, right, globally. If you had one day's military budget to imagine how you would first use that first 24 million, we want you to go into the groups and just start to imagine what that would look like and then we can return and start to connect and and just uh, brainstorm those ideas and then make the connections here that we would like to make. Is that a clear enough question? If you personally had 24 million, where would you start and how would you spend it if you could imagine that? All right. Um, we're going to go into breakout rooms and that's your, that's your question to choose on, chew on, but I invite you to follow our agreements, which are to listen with your heart, to speak with your heart, to say just enough so that others have an opportunity to share, and to keep confidentiality. When we come back, we're going to share what's going on, what's alive for people, and feel free to speak to your own personal story or to the themes of what we're discussed, but don't share another person's personal story. So we can keep confidentiality in that way. Um, I, I'm going to pause the recording and we'll be back here in about 20, 25 minutes. Well, welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited to see your faces again. And I invite you to come off mute and share what's bubbling up for you right now after that conversation. Who would like to share? I'll go ahead. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you, Terry and everyone. Um, we had a lovely conversation. Um, our group uh, included Anne Creeder, Cindy and Regina and myself. In um, uh, basically the overarching element that we wanted to use this budget to address um, and as an overarching um, element to encompass all, all our specific initiatives was 
a department of peace building, the creation of a department of peace building that, that this budget be used for creating a department of peace building that would technically address the root causes of um, conflict um, and, and, and um, create the root conditions of peace in, the, uh, in our country and in the world. And within that overarching umbrella, some of the specific initiatives that um, were discussed by um, by various um, uh, team members and in, in the in the uh, in the um, you know the the breakout room that we were in was uh, basically on a more local level or domestic level. We were thinking of um, eliminating issues or addressing the issue of homelessness. Uh, it is unacceptable that in a country, you know, in a first world country like the U.S. with the budget that we have and the amount of money that, as Bill alluded to, we spend on, on military, that we should have our citizens live on the streets. Uh, for me personally, just every time I go to San Francisco, which is not too far from me, it's just depressing to see people, so many people on the streets. And um, that that would be one issue that, that, that you know, that locally we should be addressing a basic issue of giving shelter to people. Um, the other issue we talked about was peace education, uh, public awareness, and and what Bill was referring to earlier, which I and all of us agreed to, is the the lies that were told in the in the media and 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 the the sto false stories that were told, and people believe and and back that up. Um, the more public awareness and education we have uh, to make public aware of the truths, um, that that helps in getting the support and and the advocacy and and the grassroots supports for the right legislations out there. Uh, and then the other issue was just basically um, improving communication and uh, dedicating a budget to educating uh, in terms of dialogue, deliberation, and conflict resolution, basically creating communication tools where people can use to, to resolve conflict in a more, um, you know, um, effective way instead of um, going the conflict way, and especially, you know, the, the the divide the political divide that we have in this country would not exist if we had better dialogue and conflict resolution there. So those were some of the specific initiatives that we discussed within the umbrella of, of course, the Department of Peace Building with a Secretary of um, Peace Building um, to to head that department. Um, so that's some of my thoughts. If I missed anything, Anne, Cindy, and Regina, please uh, chime in. See a double thumbs up from Anne. I think you covered it. I mean, it beautifully. Thank you. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to share? Karen. Yeah. So good to hear that, Amina. In our group, we focused on local peace building, um, having community gatherings uh, incentivized somehow uh, to get people just together in a room to talk about different subjects. And and then something where our Illinois has already done around those lines, um, uh, funding certain communities where there's high gun violence and creating a, a director of violence <clears throat> prevention. And I think we'll expand in other ways. So we were focusing on building the local infrastructures. So when Amina's group creates the Department of Peace Building, we have people on the ground ready to accept more money as grants from the Department of Peace Building. And so it all the ways and connecting <laughs> local and national uh, organizations that have something to do with peace building, even if it's not in their names and let's get together and do this already. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you, Karen. Would anybody else like to share? 
These are some fabulous ideas. Susie, you're raising your hand. You have to come off mute. Also, Dave's hand was up before oh, me. Yes, Dave. Thank you very much. And I have to say hello to Bill. We had the booth side by side at an air show at Bremerton a few weeks ago. Oh, hi, Dave. Your proposal. And I hate to throw uh, cold water and everything. Uh, I don't think it's a problem of funding. Uh, and it's not a problem of calling something Department of Peace. Uh, we saw that problem a long time ago. It's all semantics. We used to have a war department. And so, well, we'll call it the Department of Defense. They'll solve everything. Well, it hasn't. It's not names. Um, I think we need to work on the world's problems. I think we need to start educating women in the third world. We need to start building hospitals and schools in the third world and make it a better world. Uh, the Defense Department can, of course, be reduced from, what, $850 million? I think it was $600 million under Clinton and, or $400 billion under uh, Jimmy Carter. Uh, so, but the problem is just about every congressional district has either a contractor or subcontractor or military base. And uh, so it has to be a grassroots movement to change our priorities. To me, our biggest problem is income and wealth disparity. Those are two different things. We start have to go listen to Robin Hood and start taking the rich, robbing the rich and giving it to the poor. Um, I'm afraid the rich, well, they control everything. They get 99% of what they want, and the rest of us get the crumbs off the table. But they say, oh, go, go argue about abortion and go argue about racism, go argue about this, go argue about that. And we start, we obey, we argue about all that crap and let them have all their money. So uh, anyway, thanks for having uh, a little bit of a speaking board here. I'm sorry I was late, but uh, I know we're all trying to make it a better world. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Your thoughts. And Susie. Um, well, I was in a group with Lewis and with Bill. And um, I think the summary is to start by ensuring that people have a place to live, shelter for all, food for all, health care for all. So that's what I would start with, with the 24 million a day to make sure that everyone's basic needs are taken care of so that there isn't angst and worry and sickness and not knowing what to do about that for yourself or for your children and a place to live and food in your belly. And then we can begin with peace building efforts. And Lewis, who's been invested in this in his whole life, um, said, let's invest in all the existing peace building great organizations out there and invest in the peace alliances, um, children programs in schools and and get our children from the beginning, from preschool, um, learning how to breathe and to disarm their nervous system and to build friends and uh, how to get out of conflict as a child, then we have a better chance for peace-filled adults. Um, and Bill brought another idea of, <laughs> I like that you want to include the Swedes and the Swiss in an international conflict resolution <laughs> um, group that whenever there's conflict, this international conflict resolution mediator group would be called in um, instantly. That would be 
um, a good investment of the $24 million a day. So that's the summary from our group. Well, thank you so much, Susie. <laughs> Terry, if I, if I might add one more thing um, that I, uh, I missed to mention earlier also, and I mentioned to the group my, my personal childhood experience of growing up in Afghanistan. Uh, so similar to what Bill has been from uh, the eye of the storm is how I uh, described in the war and it's heartbreaking, Bill, that you've lost so many of your close friends there. From a civilian standpoint, I've been on the receiving end of it in Afghanistan during the Russian war. Uh, and so um, uh, just the economic devastation that the war leaves a country um, that is, um, you know, plagued with war, uh, even after the war ends, is, 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 you know, just breeding ground for, you know, terrorism and a lot of issues that uh, comes out of, uh, uh, of frustration and devastation and um, desperation. And so the economic development in third world countries in a country like Afghanistan, for example, women empowerment and women's education and, and economic development would be, I would say, is the first thing in the heart of it. And um, developing healthcare infrastructures, as Dave was alluding to, um, would these are issues that would make the biggest impact internationally in making peace and just coming from somebody who's been on that side of the world. Um, I think that's important as well. So just wanted to add that. Thank you, Amina. I think we have time for just one more. And Louis, I see you raising your hand. Yeah. I, I just, from our group, I, I was speaking and particularly about conflicts are inevitable and they very often are needed to advance progress, um, but they should be done constructively and they can be done constructively. We know a lot of good ways to wage a conflict. Um, and um, I think we should pay attention to that and recognize people are gonna have reasons to fight, um, but they can do it in a way that is constructive if they, um, learn some skills, um, and if, if it's understood by institutions, you know, um, collective bargaining was done brutally. Um, there was, you know, the, the workers in America suffered um, violence, but that doesn't occur anymore. Um, there's collective bargaining and mutual benefit from it. Um, mm. So just, yeah. a, just an addition. Yes, thank you, Louis. Thank you. I feel like there's a lot more to be said, but we are at time. But um, I did put some links in the chat. Um, the Peace Alliance, our mission is to educate, advocate, and mobilize people into action to transform systems and public policy toward a culture of peace. And our vision, we cultivate peace building to create a world where everyone and everything thrives. Our website is peacealliance.org. Our podcasts are there, our Peace on Podcast. There's a link about the Home Story Circles. And our Blueprint for Peace, which is a terrific little initiative we've been running for a while. You can click on that link and messages will go to all of your state, local, and federal elected officials to let them know that you support policies related to violence reduction and building peace. Um, there's also a link about the Department of Peacebuilding Legislation, HR 1111. Many of the key advocates of our legislation are on this call today and I'm grateful for your presence here. 
And we are a small nonprofit. We appreciate donations of any size. There's a link to donate. And our calendar of events, peacelines.org slash calendar, where you can find other things like this Hope Story Circle you might want to join us in. And with that, Liz, I'm going to hand it off to you to wrap it up for us. Yeah, I think the wrap up is very easy this week. I am really thankful that this connection was made between Bill and the Peace Alliance. And I think we we both have really beautiful websites and ways of connecting. So two things, we look forward to cultivating this connection. And if all of you would just really just in the next two weeks before our next gathering, talk to people specifically about can you imagine what it would look like if we had this money going towards peace? And and especially what would you do in your local community? I think that's a great way to get them involved and then invite them to reach out to, to Bill and to us to really think about what that number means and how they could use that in their own community. Thank you, Bill, for your story. And thank you, uh, as always, everyone who came to our, our uh, beautiful Hope Story Circle. Thank you, everyone. I just want to point out, Nancy put in the chat, Department of Peace Building Advocacy Days are this month, September 18th to 20th. And you can join in person in DC or via Zoom. If you want to be included on the list to receive notices of that, you may email nancy at peacealliance.org and join us as soon as possible so you can be a part of that. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here today. And Bill, thank you, thank you, thank you for being our guest. You can come off mute and say goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank yes. you, everyone. Most thank enjoyable. You, <laughs> okay. Thank you all. Guys, for those of you who aren't Zoom tired, the Advocacy Days training call is in 30 minutes. 30. Karen just put that up. <laughs> so if you're not too tired, you can go to the calendar of peacealliance.org uh, and, and hop on that call. Thank you, Karen. Even if you're tired, we welcome you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.